Welcome to the Mythic Life Podcast. I am your host, Eric Brummett, and I am joined today by a good friend of mine through our Theta world, our Theta healing community, Michelle Orwick. She is absolutely living magically and has really held such a beautiful space for really holding this incredible energy of spiritual presence and essence and that mystic practice. So I'm so excited to have you on today, Michelle. Thank you for joining us. I'm excited to be here because who doesn't want to live a magical, mythical life? Absolutely. And it's so interesting because what is magical and mythical? And that's what we get to get into today is really this, how do we bring it in? How do we kind of bring it around into our life in a way that carries meaning? You know, and I think that's something I'd, I'd love to explore with you today is holding that sense of meaning for, you know, that art of ceremony, having those details that are important. You know, I, I read your emails, I get them every week, and they really have this beautiful, inspiring energy. And I know you've been practicing Theta Healing for quite some time as well as having a lot of other trainings. So tell me, I, I really don't know your story. Where has this journey begun for you? It really started long before Theta Healing in that I was working crystals and oracle readings. I did tarot card readings at Universal Studios at one point. And I live here in Orlando, Florida. So there's a lot of opportunity for, for magic and crystals and, and all of these things. And I had a health crisis, as some, some of us would do. And I, I went down a deep theta healing rabbit hole in 2010 to 2012. I even moved to Idaho to do the whole summer in 2012 all at one time. And that kind of shifted everything, obviously, to not working for other people and working directly for myself, doing only theta healing teaching and theta healing sessions at that time. And it built a platform so I could do the work I love, which is all these more, as you say, mystical, magical things. But it always comes back to theta healing. Like if I teach a shaman class, they should have at least taken basic theta healing because anything I do needs that formula first. Because I think of theta healing as a formula, don't you? Absolutely. You know, and it's something that, is so wonderful about the technique of theta healing is that it is a technique it has a philosophy but it isn't like a replacement for these other places you know of ceremony and spiritual growth and you know like people of every religion and and lifestyle really utilize theta healing what do you find is how it empowers those things yeah it just enhanced my life right so it took what I was already doing and gave it some structure. And then these last, you know, 10 years, I get to live by the wheel of the year. A lot of my life is about following nature cycles and astrological cycles in a just rhythmic way and honoring what that does to the body, honoring what that does for ceremony, creating ceremonies. A lot of times they're for women and not always. You know, I I have some great Egyptian oil activations where we anoint the body with Egyptian oils that we've brought back from our travels. 
and we include sound healing and music. And that can absolutely be both men and women. You know, we do that a lot on activation days. Like we have one coming up on the 222 portal. So we pick these days and times to be in community. And whether that's an online community or an in-person community, it's fun because both things have sort of a different texture to them. You know, it's nice to have an online community because you can get a worldwide structure of people from all over the place, mm-hmm. hand to hand and heart to heart, energetically, like a container that really can heal the world and heal your own self by containing the energies all over the place. And then there's also something nice post pandemic about gathering in small groups to be in communion and community and ceremony together. Yeah. You mentioned the 222 portal. You know, that one has always had a personal significance for me. Both my father and my mother's father were born on February 22nd. So we've always had this 222 connection. I remember I would literally wake up in the middle of the night and just look at the clock 222. Like, you know, this element with, for example, numbers, you mentioned the portal. Can you explain and kind of educate us of what these types of significance are? Some of the different things that happen with number portals is that first you get the numerology of it, right? Anytime you're getting into double numbers or triple numbers, you're looking at master numbers and you're looking at an elevated frequency. One of the reasons why the current world is so great about the number days and times is that we create a ripple effect throughout the planet because we've sort of decided as as spiritual beings creating community, we know now, we've tested even scientifically that when we are in intentional thought and meditation together as one mind, one heart, one mind, that creates a synergy for the intention. So the spiritual community has decided that activation days, anytime there's a double number, we ripple that through the planet. And what happens is there's actually a wave. So if, say, you and I are both Eastern Standard Time, if we bring our communities together at 222 on 222, that will then be a ripple from what has already started in Australia and then Europe and then come over here. And we literally have such a thing as a peace wave or an activation wave where we literally can cover the planet. Like it'll go off to Hawaii and, you know, out through each hour, we create this wave of same intent throughout the planet. And that's one of the powers of doing it at the same time on the same day. And so that's one of the joys that have come from these numbers but also each number has a frequency. Like 22 is a master number and it is one of the master builder and the master healer. So of course you're connected as a healer to 22. And my dad was a contractor. (laughs) Buddy, they eventually created you. Yeah. In your lineage. I absolutely love that understanding and explanation of that wave, you know, and... It is a wave of 
consciousness, like our thoughts create frequency. And so when we hold intention, when we do create these places of focused intent and focused thoughts and feelings and even into behavior, into a ceremony, it creates a frequency that carries through. So I loved that image of that wave going over. And I really think that ceremony and ritual is the deepest reason for it is to actually create a state change. Ceremony and ritual in any way, whether you're doing it alone or you're doing it with an intentional community, is to bring the mind, heart, and body into that coherence and harmony. And that way you're going from the mundane, everyday tasks that we're always doing to really setting our mind, our intention, and our thought process to intention of, this is what I really want. This is how I want to see the world. This is how I want to see my my microcosm of my world. And then this is how I want to see the bigger picture as well. Yeah. What is your feeling on that sense of having a relationship to the information or tools? You know, for example, like I know some people, they grew up in a religion, but they never really learned about it. They never really learned about the history and they'll kind of do what I like to call lip service where they go through the motions, you know, and it's more about the social and community. But like, even with that, the motions still carry something. But what, what do you feel is the import, is there importance to really having that understanding of it? Yeah, that's where the feeling and the frequency actually, you, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't even matter what you believe because all religions have this central theme of oneness and love. If you really look at every religion and every belief system, ultimately the feeling and frequency come down to love and friendship and, you know, this place of let's be good people. And so, The acts, if you really look at them, and I've spent a lot of time studying theology, working on that actually, a a theology dissertation. And one of the things I notice in divinity is that no matter what you believe, if you actually go deeper, instead of just do what you're told, right? But if you go into the why and what is the formula and why is the formula work for your particular belief system? It's really about getting down to the feeling and therefore the frequency because the frequency changes our state of our physical body and therefore it changes the frequency. And that's where the law of attraction actually starts working. You know, we talk about the law of attraction. It isn't just a vision board and it isn't just, I'm going to state this sentence over and over again, you actually have to believe it. You know, you have to believe it's possible. And even more, you have to believe it's possible for you. You know, I have a lot of people that think, oh yeah, I know people can be a millionaire or could have this or could do that, but I don't believe it's possible for me. And that's where when you use these tools, whatever toolbox you choose, and my toolbox is theta healing. Yeah then you change what you believe is possible. And when that is true, when you believe it's not only possible, but inevitable, 
that's where the real magic comes into your into your frequency. I remember Sarah and I, we created a ceremony and event called Reclamation a couple of years ago. And it was about reclaiming free will. And, you know, in Theta, we do a lot of work with the subconscious, reprogramming the subconscious and working out of limiting beliefs. What I found in, in working with people, um, and I'd love to hear your take on it, is that we're not dissolving the subconscious. We're, we're reprogramming. We're pulling and replacing. And it actually is taking stuck, stagnant, kind of unconscious energy and bringing it to a conscious state. It's allowing for energy to flow that then starts to awaken and activate the higher self. It activates you know, a spiritual consciousness, intuition, and um, that the reason why a lot of theta healers end up having more of these bizarre metaphysical experiences and opening up to things beyond this realm is that they're waking up. It's like this conscious awaking and lifting that free will up into a more intuitive place. You know, when you use theta with, you know, these other traditions, how do you bring them in? Do you surround the tradition with it? Do you do it in more pre-work or post? Or do you really integrate it into the practice? Interesting that you asked that because I think it's both. You know, I always feel like you have to start where a person is. And if that is still going to be resonant for them, because maybe they had a very bad experience with whatever their belief system was. So if it was maybe pushed down their throat, or let's say it was contrary to who they are, like I've had some people who, whatever religion they came from, actually was anti their personality and their who they were on an intrinsic level. So first, sometimes we have to heal from whatever that is. And I think that's true as the beginning layers of Theta Healing or any any type of spiritual awakening is you have to heal from any projection onto you of what other people want, think, want you to be, don't want you to be, and decide that you get to be who you intrinsically are on a soul level. And I think that really as you say, with reclamation, that agreeing that this is who I am and I choose to be that is the first step. And then whether that is staying in the same tradition or finding your own way or finding your own version of it, the mysticism is to really elevate, as you said, on a soul level, because really what always comes back to me is we are spiritual beings having a human experience, right? As we really recognize that, then we get to believe whatever is going to support us thriving, whatever is going to support us in having a daily mystical experience. Because I think most people fall toward whatever they're form of prayer or on either one day a week or when there's a real hardship. They're not in it for the day-to-day practice of understanding how amazing they are, except for the people who 
are in it every day. It's either uh, only once in a week or or when there's a problem, or they decide that this is going to be a lifestyle. And I think that's what you're talking about is when we can make the magic in just creating a cup of tea, right? So I could make a cup of tea and it would just be something I drink. Or I could put specific herbs into my tea and I could stir it with intention and I can bless the water and bless the experience and I can stir the water in a way that I'm putting an intention in. And then I can drink it and bring that into the essence of the cells of my body. Or I could just drink a cup of tea. So is it life going to be magical or is life just going to be mundane? And that's, that's a choice and an intention. That really is the the art form of ritual, isn't it? Is focused intention to create an enhanced experience. It bridges that place of spirit. And And bringing us back into our body, because the other thing I'm really, really clear on that I think a lot of woohoo spiritual people don't see and what I think Theta Healing has taught me and, and my other learnings have taught me is that it's an embodiment practice, right? It is, you have to have all those chakras going, not just the crown chakra and the third eye. You have to have the root chakra and the real stuff happening too. And when when you're in your body and magic and ritual, and, and when I say magic, I mean intention, as you just use the word intention, when you're in your body having an embodied magical experience, then you're living, well, of course there's a synchronicity. And when something good happens, it becomes, of course that's happening for me, with me, and through me, instead of, oh, that's just a synchronicity, it's never going to happen again. And you're looking for the synchronicity. You're expecting everything to be working and going your way. And even when it appears to be like way off track, when you get into a line with your beliefs and you do believe that you're worthy, which I think is one of the first and worthy and good enough and deserving are like what we have to do with our theta healing belief structure in yeah. the early parts, right? You've got to be worthy, deserving, and looking for it. But once that happens, once people get through that part of their healing, then they're looking for, and I'm expecting the miracle. And then when it happens, they're not turning down the miracle because they don't think it's for them, right? That's when it becomes like, oh, but of course this is happening for me. And what else can I find? And then what else can I find? And it just is this snowball effect of instead of being the bad negative downward spiral, it's that wonderful, joyful upward spiral we get to have. You know, right now we're in February. For me, I always find that the clock of the year really falls with winter solstice. Mm-hmm. And so as a family, as a tradition, we have our ritual that we've kind of brought to life and brought forward from deeper family roots. You know, growing up, I, I grew up without electricity for my formative years for, you know, zero to like five, you know, my older siblings, it was much longer. And my mom grew up Christian. She's like, you know, I always wanted to have 
lights on the tree, but you know, they have power. So they do the clip on candle lights and started to embrace like that sense of ceremony and ritual with candles. And, um, you know, it's one of the traditions that really carried forward that we would light the candles on solstice, on winter solstice. And Sarah and I, we included in that, you know, some process, some belief work of theta healing and some manifesting traditions with that, that it's kind of like the new moon of the year, you know, it's like that time period where you're cultivating light inside and every day light grows. So many people I have taught, sometimes they forget to manifest as they move forward. And it's just like, oh, let's just work on beliefs and things like that. And they forget before action, before trying to create something, let yourself have moment of ceremony to invite in, to have manifestation beyond just this third plane of existence, animal cause and effect action, you know, to invite in beyond the mundane, you know, so with ceremony, it brings in that significance, right? It brings in creating a moment that is more than mundane. I always call that the still point. Still point. The still point, because when you're empty, so let's talk about the breath for a second. They say the best inhale is from the best exhale. So you become deeply exhaling. Therefore, you have the best next breath. You can truly fill your lungs if you've emptied them first, right? So we empty with the belief work. So like to me in ceremony and magic and theta healing, it's always get rid of. And and in ceremony, the getting rid of can be something like incense or sage or clearing the space or creating sacred space. Just cleaning up can be creating sacred space. But whatever it is, you're making room. That's the exhale. And then the still point is that place, and that's the ritual, right? Where you've let go. You've maybe you've even burned a list of things and said, I don't need these anymore. You've done the theta healing belief work and it's gone. And then here's the ceremony, like you're saying, with lighting the candles and creating a ritual. And and I love the communion of creating as a conversation and what are your dreams? What do you want? I love that intention, whether that's the beginning of the year at the solstice, whether that's we just hit lunar new year's another point. There's a yeah. point in the summer, summer solstice or Egyptian new year is August 1st, right? So any of these different beginning points, and you can have a beginning point every new moon, but whatever beginning point you're at, what you're talking about is the idea of inspiration as creation. And that's the still point or the exhale. And then the magic starts when you actually start bringing in the breath. And that's when in Theta Healing, we'll use that as downloads and, and meditation to continue to see the as if, the gratitude as if it is already done because it is in the quantum field, right? It is already done once the imagination has taken form. But the imagination comes in that still point. And that's why ritual is so powerful. Absolutely. 
do you practice creating ceremony or is it mainly pulling from traditions? What do you best like to do in the way of creating? So I'll be honest, I have so many rituals and ceremonies that there's little things like I set an intention to like, right now, my favorite ceremony is actually my morning practice is cleansing the space, doing some candle lighting, just even just setting my day with an intention. So that's a simple ceremony. If I'm talking about a ritual or I want to create ceremony for other people, I will sit and meditate and contemplate and and be like, what does this group of people or what does this particular time require? And ceremony could be an entire week. Sometimes I do sacred tours where we take people somewhere. So I'm starting to create ceremony now for I'm taking a group of people through England over the summer solstice and we're staying at the chalice well and we're going to Stonehenge. So that's a 10-day ceremony with many ceremonies sprinkled without. So the whole thing has to be intuitively picked out. Like you have to decide and craft, okay, now we have the people. We know this, this tour is sold out and now I can look at what is the needs of these people? What's the transformation that this group can share together? Like it's a journey. It's not just physically to places, but each of these sites hold a vibration and a remembering and an activation. So what do they need to receive through this process? And so as a shared journey creator, there's another woman involved and there's three of us running the trip. And we've decided that we're going to go through the elements in this place. We're going to connect with this element and then this element and then this element and then this element. So at the end, feel the embodiment of not just the sacredness of the location, but the elemental understanding of sacred England. So it's, it can be as much as a daily intention to a whole, you know, two week transformational experience. And so it's it's about deciding what the transformation at the end of the day looks like. So when you're back to the day practice, one of the things I say to myself before I get out of bed is today is going to be a magical day. Yeah. That's just an intention I set every day. That's beautiful. It really brings meaning in, doesn't it? Sarah and I, we spent a lot of time designing the ceremony of our our wedding. And it was interesting as a challenge because, you know, we come from different traditions and, you know, there's so many different aspects to the ritual of a marriage, what the ceremonial pieces are to it. And, um, and the symbolism, right? Yeah. So like with those sense of kind of being a metaphysical mechanic, designing things that a symbol is not just an idea. It actually is a tool. You know, it's just like a tool belt. It's just like in Theta Healing, we have all these different practices and techniques to access tools within ourselves of the different forms of intuition and, and the applications, the process of working with the DNA versus beliefs versus, you know, energetic healing. And, you know, we have these laws in the U.S. of like you have to have an officiant, right? And the thing was is that 
Sarah and I didn't grow up in some community where we were going to a church and or you know had a rabbi that we had a connection with. Like our main spiritual practice with Thady Healing was Vienna, and we're like it just didn't feel right to ask her to officiate, and we were going to do it in California, and there was no way she was going to travel. And we're like, well, what what should we do? What are we going to do? And we decided that we didn't want a channel through another person for invoking our marriage. So we we had an officiant for you know the legal part, but as a ceremony, we decided that we were going to create a space nobody else could go into, and we were going to be invoking and doing the whole officiating ourselves which was really interesting and and you know this is the thing like we are not stuck in tradition but the mystical practices within traditions there is significant meaning to you know there's significance to every designed prayer there's meaning to it there's a history to it and the actions of the rituals you know like for one thing that we did include from Judaism was the two cups of wine poured into one and then you feed it to each other. You know, also from Judaism, the the mother walks the bride around the husband seven times doing certain ones. So we did all of those. And then I designed a labyrinth that I actually sewed together Egyptian cotton and dyed it and like created a hoopah in the middle, like we brought all these different traditions in, you know, and called the four directions and had people blow a conch in each direction as we invoked the elements with the direction. And um, I feel like it created something very significant for the spiritual energy of our marriage, where we designed it ourselves and looked at the applications, the actual energies that we are engaging with. And I, I think that's something so important, you know, of like being selective that, you know, there's a lot of these things of superstitions, right? And superstition is kind of fear-based, but like, it's also a relationship to recognizing that there is something powerful. We're actually connecting to something that has real power. It's not just play. Spiritual sovereignty is the way I like to look at that, where what you're really doing here is creating something that has all this symbolism and components that invoke your soul's recognition. So that's, to me, all religious acts are or spiritual acts, if they have meaning to the person doing them. Because earlier you asked, you know, what do you do if you're just doing lip service? As long as it has meaning and you choose to allow it to have meaning, that's where the spiritual significance actually comes in. Mm-hmm. And that's where it sort of takes root in our embodiment, right? When it's just, I'm going to do this. I'm just taking whatever tradition somebody else does and I'm just going to do it. It doesn't have the same meaning as that very deliberate creation you're talking about. And that's exactly what I what I'm saying is when each aspect of your day or your ritual or your life becomes a celebration, 
then you're living you're living that magical intentional and supernatural life because we realize that we're more than just these like bodies we're so much more we're expansive in our wholeness and and I think that's why theta healing has been so good to me and so many other people is some of the foundations get you the wholeness back to be able to be in that sovereignty whether it's reclaiming soul fragments or whether it's healing the broken soul or whatever it is you've got to be whole to have sovereignty right and that's why i think you guys were able to create such magic is because you're two whole beings coming together in an interconnected way versus two beings that are just here trying to be like more like a jigsaw puzzle where I'm going to fill in your wound, you know, like if you want to use secure relationship style versus all the other styles, you're in secure relationship style, being two whole beings, having a life together versus when we try and just fill in where somebody else is wounded with our wound to get some kind of validation or to be broken together, then we're not in sovereignty anymore. I love that energy of sovereignty that you bring in there. You know, that's one thing I definitely really love about Theta Healing is that it's not tied to burden and obligation, that it's really meant to free from things that are limiting. Yeah. And I think that's something that people seek a lot is, and it's such a key word, you know, that sense of freedom. Yeah. But I love bringing it to this energy of sovereignty rather than just the idea of freedom. Well, you have to be free to be sovereign. And one of the things that helped me was understanding that a lot of people don't even know exactly what sovereignty means, but like to give the example of a sovereign state, like the United States makes all of its own decisions. It's sovereign. And yet Puerto Rico is its own technically its own country, but it relies on America to make its decisions or at least veto power. And therefore it's not a sovereign state. So as I look at this, the idea is that you're whole and you get to make your free agency, or as you said, your divine will, right? And when you're in divine will, then you're in co-creation, whether that's with another person or whether that's with your higher power. And that's the beauty of if you're really in co-creation, you're kind of limitless. Well, you are limitless within the realms of, of metaphysical, you know, stopping point. But mostly you're you're limitless in what is possible. And that's that's power. And as you said, it's freedom. And this trickle through, you know, I feel and come back to that description of intentionality with you know the ceremony of tea you know i can make a tea the herbs always have its consciousness they'll do their thing but when i bring intention to it how that creates a different experience what do you feel is that shift for people when they do bring in that sense of spirit into their life oh this is this is where the magic really begins right cuz if someone's just living the robot or the the sheep or whatever you're just kind of going through the motions 
and you don't realize just how powerful you can be and you are, then you aren't free. You're shackled, right? You're shackled to your beliefs, you're shackled to your job or whatever it is you're shackled to, your obligations. But you talked about that level of freedom when you're when you realize you are a absolutely divine spirit having that opportunity to make something happen allow something to happen to create something into being then you're a creator and one of the reasons why i love the word creator is in some ways it's non-gender right we talk about content creators and it's men, women, any binary experience, whatever, we don't differentiate. And so when we get into this, it is not some thing in the sky, some guy with a long white beard telling you yes or no, or or whatever your experience is. It's really up to you because if you talk about that free agency, we're here to get to experience whatever we want. And I love a Henry David throw because the idea is that the divine is seeing through our eyes and therefore go see things that are beautiful. If the divine is having a, a mouth-watering experience by tasting something that's amazing. So go eat something amazing. Go make art, make music, make an expression that is becoming bigger than you and create something because then you are actually the hands of creation. You're the eyes of creation. Go make a miracle. Do something for someone else. And then you're the hands of the miracle. Give in service. And then you become the miracle and you're the answer to someone's prayer. Because there's so many opportunities for us to act as philanthropically the answer to someone's prayer. That's beautiful. We are Mythic Life, free thinkers, deep feelers, courageous trailblazers. We own our myth with our vibes, how we think, feel, and act. We believe that love is a given, not something earned, that spiritual is sexy, kindness is cool, and earth is sacred, that everybody has superpowers, and life is too boring without magic. We walk our talk, and when life gets real, we heal. We choose our path and make it epic. And I just want to thank you so much for joining and living magically. You know, Michelle Orwick, everybody, you know, if you want to know more about Michelle, visit her website, magicalmichelle.com. The link is in the description of this podcast. And I just really appreciate you coming on with me today and doing this. It's been so uplifting and exciting. It really reminds me of the importance of that intention and holding that space. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. It's been a true pleasure. And don't forget to live magically. Absolutely. And for everybody, if this is your first time visiting here, you know, you can subscribe below. Check out, we have a lot of things going on at mythiclife.com. Every month we do have a free healing circle if you want to be guided through some theta healing process of doing healing on yourself and holding healing for the world that is every month on a wednesday and we have some really wonderful events coming up so visit our website mythiclife.com and subscribe to the podcast below thank you so much once again and uh, our podcast is on the second and fourth thursday of every month 
look forward to seeing you all again soon. Thank you for joining me.